All right, everybody, welcome to episode 133 of the MX Vice Show. We have an action-packed show ready for you today as we look back on the MXGP of Lombok and look ahead to the next round in Lockett as well. Obviously, we've got a weekend off. Before we welcome the great man, Lorenzo Resta, to the show, we'd like to firstly thank our sponsors for this one, and we'll start with Parts Europe. Parts Europe distributes spare parts, accessories, and rider equipment for all motorbike segments in Europe. We support the sport. Tagline is fortified through the Thor and Moose House brands and their support of world elite MX riders like Valandrin, Prado, Langenfelder, Guadagnini, Jonas, Bogers, and nine times world champion Thor ambassador Tony Cairoli. Your Parts Europe dealer has access to all the big brands for your motocross and enduro bike. Necken, Pro Circuit, FMF, ODI, Cycra, Renthal, Recluse, and many, many, many more are in stock, ready to be shipped. Check out their website at partsyourup.eu or contact your local Parts Europe dealer. With a dealer network of over 10,000 shops, we're sure there is one close to you. All right, Lorenzo Resta, how's life, mate? Welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to be here again. Uh, a lot of things to, to talk about tonight, of course, as uh, we had uh, plenty of... Uh, uh events during the weekend and uh plenty of news coming out plenty of uh nice things that were happening uh in indonesia in america and uh around the world so yes really ready to do yeah mate we're ready to go and um how did you find lombok mate uh, the track certainly looked like it was a bit interesting one sort of that wispy soil like argentina sort of threw up quite a lot of challenges definitely a lot of wave sections for the guys to navigate some cool sort of jump lines that people could make differences up for that double double springs to mind especially the finish line jump with sort of fading out a couple of guys sort of fell down the side of that definitely fevra and then sort of jeremy sue had a had a couple of moments on the jump outsides but um we'll start with mx2 mate another master class from yago just managed it superbly and he looked almost back to his best didn't he it was pretty ominous for the championship especially with a lot of his rivals missing opportunities and having illness you know it was certainly a pretty flawless weekend wasn't it yeah absolutely yago was uh deserving a great victory uh, it was also cool to see that it was his 100 gp with his uh, 50th podium and uh, 20th victory so there was plenty of of numbers going on uh, up there uh, it, it was cool it was nice he deserved a lot because he, he was really doing uh, doing great uh, i have to say that probably it was too early <laughs> too early for the championship because then he will climb uh, the, the standings really really fast uh, because now we're heading, of course, on a, on a race like Lockett, uh, uh, where the others can still say something about. But then next races uh, will be Lommel and uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Finland, uh, two tracks where he can really dominate uh, again and uh, and really come back in the fight for the title. What, of course, he deserved as he was uh, with the red plate since the first race and he was dominating this uh, championship till France before uh, he had this uh, accident and uh, this injury at uh, this wrist. Uh, it was it was cool. I, I didn't expect, honestly, to see him already at the first uh, Indonesian round on the podium, uh, also because I, I read that he had some fever and some uh, yeah. health issue. But then once I knew that he was third with some health issue, of course, uh, with those uh, issues solved uh, for the second Indonesian round, we could expect him to to fight for the victory. Uh, I saw a fantastic race for him. I saw a fantastic race from Andrea also. He really wanted. He made so many mistakes. I <laughs> think he did the same same mistakes he did 
during the first half of the season, he did it in one moto, in the second moto. He, he, he did whatever he could doing wrong, he did. But then you can clearly see that this kid won't really succeed because he was ready to fight back uh, as an animal and coming back, coming back, coming back. So uh, I think that this red plate at the moment is also deserved because he's the kid, a part of Iago, who showed at the moment uh, to be the most ready to, to wear this red plate. It's, uh, it's a kind of uh, kid that never give up. Even uh, after a crash, after the start, or a crash after uh, a few laps, he's always there fighting to come back, come back, come back. And when he's behind someone and he can match the speed, I think it starts to be a kind of nightmare for the others because uh, Andrea is ready to do whatever to stay in front. Uh, I don't think he can match uh, the speed of Iago while uh, Iago is okay physically and mentally. So... Uh, this is different. Uh, he will need probably some kind of help uh, to to beat Iago in normal condition. Uh, but with all the others that uh, can fight for the title, for example, uh, uh, Kai De Wolf or Thibaut Beniston, I think is the one that has something more than the others. So I would take Iago to another level, then put Andrea uh, after him, and then the others, uh, approximately on the same uh, kind of, uh, uh, yeah, kind of chance to to win. Uh, of course, uh, Kai is still injured; that was not hundred percent. But I was surprised about uh, Thibaut. I don't know if Thibaut was suffering with something. But yeah, he was sick. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah, because he wasn't. You know, like. Uh, you can expect yeah. uh, Thibaut Beniston fighting for the title. So it was my the only one that I was thinking, okay, he could do, but he didn't. And uh, that surprised me a little bit. Yeah, it's great from Andre. You just see the fight in him. He's just He was just pushing, just found that limit a little bit in the second one and sort of went over it. But it, the riding was so good, he was closing in on everyone around him. And yeah, like you said, yeah. Iago is probably the, the superior rider at the moment. Obviously, he's a lot more experienced and developed. But yeah. Um, yeah, Damo, it was interesting to hear Tony sort of talking before the race about how he needed to go and eat some sand was the, was the word he used in Belgium <laughs> yeah. uh, to sort of get those sand skills up to speed to to make himself a complete rider. And obviously he's doing all that work with Metz and Prado. So how do you feel he'll go in these sand races? We've got a few coming up. Obviously, he should be pretty good in Lockett next up, mate. But yeah, it's interesting one to follow. Andrea, he's probably top fives will be sort of damage limitation in the sand at the moment. Is that what you're feeling? I think that honestly, Andrea today can uh, go for the podium at every race now in MX2. Of course, sand race are a bit more difficult, so top five is more realistic. But uh, still, it's it's a guy who learns really quick. Uh, it's a guy who uh, will put everything in during training and during the race, and he has the best trainer he can have uh, in the world. I think to to be. Uh, good in the sand because while you're training with Joel Smets and with uh, Antonio Cairoli, nobody else can give you better advice than two these two guys and Mark the Rover, of course. So, yeah, as two out of the three best <laughs> sand uh, rider ever, probably. <laughs> yeah, of course, there is Stefan Evers too that we have to consider, but I think that he will give more advice to his son than to, <laughs> to Andrea because uh, Liam is still in a good position for the, not for maybe for the championship fight, 
but for the final podium uh, for sure and this would be something unbelievable uh, compared to what we saw in the past years with with Liam because Liam has have made a change that probably nobody else have done till now he was always this kind of uh, shy kid uh, really like a rider that uh, was I don't know, he had everything to succeed, but he was looking like uh, not at ease in his shoes, you know. it was. Uh, I think it was really difficult to be in his position until now. Now we see a different kid, much more motivated, much more uh, determined, and he knows that he can do it. And, and it's clear when you see him riding also against Andrea, against the other riders during the, the, the round in Indonesia you can see that something has changed completely in his mentality. And that's the most difficult step to do because physically, uh, to do a step, you have just to work, work, work and be lucky that you don't get injured. Uh, in riding technique, uh, you have good rider, good trainers, you have everything, good bike. So you can do a step easily on this. If you miss something and you work on this, it's like you see a lot of riders at the beginning of the season struggling with the starts, and then they do 200 starts per weekend, uh, and at the end they will start properly, decently at least. But with mentally, this kind of click, this kind of uh, change, you do only in few times you know in even in your life uh, it's so difficult to to make a, a mental change and liam uh, did probably the most difficult uh, out of all those guys that are riding there because uh, we, we can maybe compare this only to to the kind of uh, mental click that riders like jeffrey erlings had to do after a bad injury so to, to recap completely on your life, on your training, on your everything, and say, okay, I put everything by the side and I do something different. And, and, and Liam, to me, he looks a different guy compared to the past three, four seasons that I saw him riding in the MX125, MX250, and uh, MX2. So, really, hat off for this kid because uh, to me, if I have to be honest, uh, is the surprise of 2023 in MX2 is Liam Everts. Yeah, he's been impressive, hasn't he, mate? And, um, you know, once you combine that mentality with the technique, you know, and the resources around him and everything, the knowledge he has, yeah. you know, the advice he can receive from those around him, it's going to be a frightening proposition if he can pull it all together, mate. And I just wanted to quickly get your take before you talk about Langenfelder as well, who it's good to see him riding fast, sort of yeah. back to a level, not that far off his best, back on the podium. Had a pretty good trip to Indonesia, really. He got back there yeah. and obviously recovered well from the arm and he'll definitely be a spoiler coming to the end of the season, mate, taking points, getting wins off these yeah. results. And in Lockett, he'll be he'll be ready for some some pretty good results, I reckon. And just how how happy is Tony having another Sicilian in the Damo doing yeah. so well, mate? <laughs> it is, of course. Uh, it's nice also because uh, it's not only a question uh, compared in between Andrea and Tony, but there is also a mechanic that is Sicilian. <laughs> And it's a kind of crew, you know, and uh, they're really close. They work uh, nicely together and they speak sometimes in Sicilian dialect, uh, what is funny. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you get some some of like out of context, uh, context stuff uh, while while you're together with those guys, because they they have fun. They remember stuff from Sicily. Tony is far from Sicily since now more than 20 years. 
uh, almost. So because he was in uh, North Italy with Honda for a couple of seasons, and then he moved in twenty uh, in two thousand three at the end of two thousand three October in Rome, and he never came back to Sicily for living. He came back for, for holidays, for party, for you know, look, seeing his family, but he never came back there for living. And if you are 38 and you're living since 22 years far away from a country, uh, it's it's a lot. It's a long time. But it's nice because with Andrea, many times they say, oh, you remember this, you remember that. And they talk about food. They talk about also a lot of uh, uh, way to say, you know, uh, so kind of uh, Sicilian expression that means something different in Italian. So it's really, really nice and funny. And there's the mechanic also of Andrea that is Sicilian too. So there's a nice crew. And uh, I think that Tony is more than happy. Also, because I think for him, Andrea was a surprise eh? because till a couple of seasons ago, Andrea was a kind of uh, unidentified object uh, going around in MX2 and before in the European because Andrea is really shy. He was really shy. He was always by himself with a super nice family. Family is fantastic. Uh, his father Nino is really nice. His mother also. And uh, many times his brother and sister came to the races. But they are really a group, a street group. And they always felt a little bit like what we do here. This is the World Championship. We are just, you know, a normal poor family coming from Sicily. So they, they never feel, felt so at ease. But now with the results that... Uh, uh, the, the son is bringing uh, this family is living a dream you know, somehow and, and Andrea was surprising many people also because of his character because he never showed probably to the others uh, who is Andrea Damo now that he's showing people are happy to, to know him and to meet him and, and it's really nice yeah, just a couple of words on Langenfelder mate, obviously getting back up there and yeah. expect him to be a massive threat in the coming weeks but that was really cool. I mean, uh, because uh, Simon uh, was uh, in a perfect shape uh, in uh, Spain. While he won his first uh, GP of the season, the second of his career, uh, this result came a little bit um, too late compared to what he was prepared for. Because uh, during winter time he was uh, preparing, fighting for the title. That's honestly we have to say this. He, he finished this uh, first season with Gas Gas uh, Factory, the Carly team, uh, in the third place, uh, winning incredible way in the first round in the UK. But then uh, he finished third overall with a good end of the season, deserving this third place. But you know when you finish a season in third, the, the year after you expect to fight for the title, and he was. Uh, it was what he was preparing for, uh, but the beginning of the season was uh, not as they expected. But again, you see the power of the group that they were ready to wait. Uh, they didn't put pressure on him. They were just uh, helping him to come out of uh, this, I don't want to say bad moment, but not so brilliant moment. Uh, till he, he, he clinched this incredible victory in uh, in Spain, super deserved, uh, with everyone on track, so without any kind of, uh, uh, I would say, uh, gift for, from anybody. And, and he was fighting for this, and he was dominating, uh, really, the, the event. Then, unfortunately, he got injured, uh, but you can see, since the first race in Indonesia, that he didn't lost so much, 
in this uh, injury period as he was ready to be back at the top level since the beginning. The speed is there. Of course, first race was a little bit more difficult to end uh, uh, on the same speed at the, the beginning of the race, to end the race at the same speed. But uh, the second race showed that uh, it's really uh, already ready to fight again for uh, for good results. It was only second podium uh, of the year for him, what uh, surprised me a lot because yeah. it was always that, you know, the top three of the championship challenging mm-hmm. for, for the final podium. But it was only the second podium. So it means that he was able to take a lot of points at the beginning of the season without writing so much. And now it's, uh, he can do end of the season uh, in a good way. I saw in past many riders getting a stop in the middle of the season and come back and finishing the season on a really on a high level. Because maybe uh, possibly possibly it's, it's, uh, you you recovered a little bit also and you are also a little bit more uh, you download the uh, kind of uh, weight that you have on your shoulder you know because you expect to do well to do well and when this is not coming like Guadagnini last year it's really difficult to so with Guadagnini they were able to put him in MXGP and so it was a different challenge and they take away from his shoulder this kind of pressure uh, with Simon, he cannot fight for the title anymore, so this pressure is gone already. So maybe this can help him to, yeah, good for good, uh, go for a good result at the end of the season and go do for really good races from uh, Locket on. He did already, of course, in Indonesia, but he can do even better in uh, in Locket. And I was really happy because this kid is so humble, so nice. Uh, always, you know, it's. I don't want to say that he's not a typical German because then in seems that I'm saying that Germans are not humble, not, not nice. They're all really nice and kind. I was working with Max Nagel and other riders, really nice and humble persons. But it's more Latin than uh, many other Germans that I know, that I knew before. So it's uh, and it, it's matching perfectly with the team. And that's also really nice. Because with Claudio, Davide, the, the Carly family, the mechanics, uh, this kid is, feels at home. Uh, far away from home, far away from his family. He has his girlfriend Melin that is uh, always with him, uh, and and it's nice, you know. It's uh, it's nice to see him, uh, and his mechanic is fantastic. His uh, former Cairoli's mechanic uh, Giovanni Barberio. It's a fantastic person, uh, and it, it matches perfectly with Simon because they have the same kind of character. A little bit shy. A little bit. They always put themselves uh, like a underdog, you know, not yeah. to be too much under the spotlight. But still, when the fight is done for whatever uh, football uh, match or uh, uh, moto in a mix two or whatever or an enduro with friends, they're <laughs> always there to score the best performance possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, mate, he's a good, good young fella, isn't he? Real, real happy, pretty relaxed about it all too, mate. Seems to handle it all in his stride. So we'll look for him for more, that's for sure. And yeah, just looking at the nest stand, guys, obviously it's not too often we see none of them getting a podium standing up there. Obviously, Rowan definitely had the speed. He'll be disappointed because, you know, that crash in the first one, especially he was looking like he could possibly challenge for the win there. He had great riding, great speed. Just frustrating. Obviously, he's making that MXGP step next year and we'll find out more news as, as that comes through, what, what what direction he takes, what team he joins. Just obviously Kai DeWolf sort of finished after him, not the weekend he wanted as well. Looked pretty racy in the first one. Yeah, just really wasn't a great Indonesian stint 
for him and then yeah, Lucas Kuhn and just yeah, it's sick, mate. That's what you can say on his brother Sasha. The illness yeah. cost them after a flawless weekend last time out in Sambawa for Lucas. Had an interview with him again and yeah, he just said he's glad to get home. He got sick on sort of the Thursday before the race and just no energy, just suffering a lot. But, you know, respect to these kids for battling through it, you know, because it mustn't be easy. It's hard enough just being there and it's the heat's demanding, the, the humidity. It's not something they're used to. They're, he's so young, only 16. So to get through the weekend with with some pretty reasonable results and some points, is, they definitely deserve respect, mate. But, um, yeah, he was just happy to get home to the family, get back to the dog and prepare for Lockett, mate, back to Europe. I think he's uh, a lot, like a lot of the riders, they're pretty happy to return home because it's kind of sad that whole sickness thing because obviously, you know, We'll talk about it later, Ferrato and obviously Simonson yeah. from that team. He got it really bad. So it just sort of puts a little bit of a stain on the the trip, doesn't it? When, you know, you got guys fighting for championships and they're sort of having to relinquish points and results just because they're not well because of the situation. So it's a tough one. Obviously, it's good to go to Indonesia, but these factors, they're, they're just sort of tarnish it a little bit, don't they? Yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm pretty sure that those kids they, they they dream to go back to to go to America one day while uh, they can avoid all these kind of problems and situations and uh, uh, because uh, it's difficult it's difficult when you put so much effort uh, this year I think we had a little bit less problems than last year last year it was uh, quite dramatic all the people that were sick after the the the, the round in uh, in Sumbawad and. Uh, it was quite impressive. Uh, this year also, we had a lot of people that uh, had issues and troubles with food and with uh, poisoning, I can say, or stomach problems. And it's always really difficult. So it's nice to go in those places. It's important for the championship. It is important for the manufacturer. But I think we have to do something to just avoid uh, more troubles. I don't know what. I don't know how. But uh, I don't know when MXGP, MotoGP goes to Lombok if they have those kind of issues. Uh, of course, we are a smaller series with a smaller championship, less money than those guys. That's for sure. Uh, but still, maybe there is something that we can plan. You know, uh, in 2005 and six, uh, I was uh, running uh, an hospitality only an overseas rounds and it was for the entire paddock so i had all the riders mx2 mx1 under my owning say <laughs> in my restaurant and uh and of course i did this because I, the only reason that drive me to do this was because i wanted to see japan and south africa and i could not go there with any reason because i was cooking and if you don't cook for someone you don't go there with the races you have to pay your own ticket and go there for tourists but for me it was a kind of uh, uh challenge i wanted to go there and i was thinking what i can propose to those riders and mechanics that they don't have here in uh, they don't have there in, in overseas food was the only uh, thing that i can propose them and of course when you do just a pasta where with uh, some parmesan and some tomato sauce or stuff like that or pesto it's something safe because you bring your own pesto you bring your own parmesan and you bring your own pasta while you boil the water the water is safe and you avoid plenty of problems uh, if you drink 
water from the bottle and not tap water, uh, you're quite safe. You have to avoid ice and uh, like uh, raw uh, vegetables or fruits if they're not really uh, well washed. So uh, that was a kind of things that we, we put on uh, together with uh, with my team uh, manager and team owner uh, Paolo Martin at that time, and we were able to give four hundred. Uh, uh, meals a, per day only at lunch uh, to to all the riders or all the mechanics. Okay, uh, so maybe we can think to, about organize something like that together with the local organizers. So having a kind of facility there to let all the people eat together, and it's not so difficult to bring there two hundred kilos of pasta and uh, some pesto, some tomatoes, some some really little stuff for everyone. And maybe they can, you know, just uh, have their own food. I remember Billy McKenzie in Japan, while I was cooking, uh, now I tell you, he was always winning <laughs> because I prepared only for him a special pasta made with corn uh, flour because he was celiac. I don't know if it's the right word in English. Yeah. He, he was uh, allergic to, to the gluten. And, uh, and so I had to prepare something different only for him. And he was winning at every time. <laughs> two races in <laughs> Japan, two victories, and I'm really proud about. It. I'm joking, of course, eh, for all the serious guys that are there thinking that uh, uh, I, I try to take any kind of responsibility <laughs> about a victory. I don't have none in any victory of any riders or any team. I, I don't. But still, I think that we can think about something like that. It can maybe just be helpful and avoid problems. And I'm the one, I tell you honestly, that every time I go overseas, I only eat food, uh, street food only in Thailand, in Indonesia. I'm always around in the evening. If you are looking for me, you don't find me in a hotel, in the restaurant of the hotel or uh, the lounge of the hotel. You find me on the road because <laughs> I only eat street food with a lot of, I have my secret recipe, of course, a lot of uh, uh, chili a lot of alcohol and everything is disinfected <laughs> inside you. But uh, you have some trouble in the morning, maybe, but that's a different uh, <laughs> problem. But a part of the, the, the jokes, as we say in Italy, uh, I think that going there is really tough. I saw uh, KTM boys, uh, Gas Gas boys, they were taking their own food from Europe. They were cooking at the hotel, in the room, whatever just a plate of pasta just to be safe and at the end when you see the people that weren't sick there's a reason why uh, those athletes are like machines perfect machines and but really delicate so it's important while you invest so much money to go overseas and you spend 50 from 50,000 to 100,000 euros just to go out for two races i think you have to take care about uh, what you put inside your stomach yeah, it's well said, mate. And you have great insight, obviously, with your experience in in that field as well. So, yeah, it was we appreciate that, mate. And um, yeah, just uh, yeah, your thoughts on the Nestan guys? A bit of a rough weekend as well for oh. them, like we discussed. But uh, yeah, the Lucas. I would never expect, uh, honestly, I would never expect to don't have at least one of those yeah. riders on the podium. I didn't know about Lucas that was sick before of the race. I knew it uh, since uh, since then, Friday, Saturday, but. Before I was thinking, okay, this kid can uh, just dominate also the second yeah. event, and uh, uh, Rowan was was riding so well that uh, it was uh, a surprise. Don't, don't have him on the podium. Kai, of course, 
was a little bit uh, having suffering with these the problems uh, yeah so but honestly for them she, i think is is really a disappointing weekend uh, uh, but still rohan was uh, the best rider out there in uh, lombok he was riding pretty well did a couple of little mistakes that uh, probably affected the final results and that's uh, he he paid a lot those mistakes more than andrea so he did probably even less mistakes than Andrea. Uh, but while I told you before, the fact that Andrea was really ready to fight back after each mistake, maybe doing another one as he did uh, yeah. sometimes, but it's, it's this kind of uh, really uh, will to succeed that uh, make the difference. If I have to say what I hope for uh, Rowan for next year, I will really, I'll, I'd love to see a 450 Usquarna in uh, under the next next mm. Nestan uh, facility because uh, it's it's too long, too much that we don't don't see a good Usquarna in MXGP. This kid is good for MXGP. The bike is good. We know the bike easy can be really good, a good one, and it would be a shame to to lose uh, to lost this. Uh, not only this talent uh, going maybe in a private team, but uh, also to don't have the opportunity and the chance to see another factory bike on the grid. It would be nice. Yeah, it's a good point, mate, isn't it? It'd be certainly cool if they decide to do that, go down that pathway, especially for him. Obviously, it, it makes it so hard for these guys with the age rule, but yeah, it's a, there and it's a challenge I've got to face, mate. A couple of MX2 other guys, obviously, Yam Pansar getting eighth overall. It's impressive effort yeah. that they've made the journey. Obviously, a lot of hard work, you know, sponsorship and stuff has got them there. So it's impressive. And yeah, Ben Aston, Hog, Mo Elzinger, Kuhn, and just not ideal weekends yeah. for those guys. Any thoughts on them, mate, before we uh, get into the sort of Fevre Prado showdown? It's, uh, <laughs> the bad blood came through again, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, the 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 new politic of uh, in front to give uh, some help uh, to the teams to go overseas. Uh, we can see the results already since Indonesia, as we had uh, many more more riders compared to to last year. Uh, riders like Jan Panza and other can go there and fighting for really good. Points. So we had a lot of uh, a lot of more riders compared to the past. Uh, Jan was doing a very good race uh, because uh, all the riders in front of him were factory riders, so it was good. Uh, and, it, and it's nice to to see this this kid uh, doing everything by himself with the family, with the father doing mechanic driver uh, and everything. And uh, I didn't saw the 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 box the crate that uh, they sent uh, to. Uh, Indonesia, but I'm pretty sure it was a small one with just the strict, strictly necessary inside. And uh, I saw in past uh, teams going there without anything. Taneleo was a rider was coming and sometime like renting a bike, a private bike there. Uh, some some time uh, some riders probably even Tanel uh, and also Corrado Madi a couple of times they went there with the bike uh, uh, completely. Uh, downloaded and put it in luggages you know and then they had to rebuild everything so it was uh, <laughs> it was crazy to see the luggage with inside uh, just engine and uh, uh, shocks forks and everything and to have to disassemble everything and then rebuild everything uh, once uh, there but 
but it works. Uh, uh, Gianluca Facchetti last year in in, in uh, Argentina, we went there and we rented, uh, uh, last year was 2022, so just to give an idea, we rented a 2021 old bike from an Argentinian rider and we took, uh, Joachim Furmetta took only one engine and he wanted to take, of course, the forks. But uh, in Air France, in Fiumicino, they took out the forks, saying you cannot ship the forks, even if we had all the papers to ship overseas. And they, they didn't allow us to, to take the forks. So Gianluca was riding a standard stock bike with 48 uh, air suspension, with just our good engine the, there. And the bike was completely stock. Okay, we had an exhaust, we had, and it was third, third in the in the practice. What says a lot about uh, how much the rider can make the difference today, still today in motocross. So uh, it's a kind of adventure for many of them to go overseas. Really, a kind of difficult journey that they have to to afford. They have to uh, spend a lot of money. On the other hand, it's a kind of epic trick that they do, uh, trying really to solve uh, common problems there, uh, find stuff. So you go uh, to, to places, try to buy what you miss, what you need, and uh, and still, you know, like the the, the iron wire is still uh, one of your <laughs> best friends that you can have uh, because uh, you can fix a lot of things with this and with uh, so with the zip tie and so yeah. it still is a kind of uh, old world uh, that you don't see in other sports and it's nice yeah it's cool man it's cool to go there and obviously the, the riders learn the, the best techniques and methods to adapt to the situation so it's all growing and learning and experience so but yeah that's the end yeah. of part one the MX2 chat. Before we head into part two, we'd like to thank AS3 Performance Parts, the home of aftermarket motocross enduro parts, from hardwearing protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with different features and adjustabilities. Check them out online at as3performance.co.uk. So, now we're on to the MXGP chat, mate. And obviously, Fevre got the job done again. Prado certainly yeah. challenged him winning the qualifying race in Moto 1. It was pretty exciting racing there, mate, especially Prado coming through to, to have that pretty sort of what looked like an unlikely comeback in that first Moto. He rode so impressively. And, you know, the, the skills are on show always from those guys. And I was speaking to Marcel Stauffer. Obviously, he does a lot of test riding for KTM and had that brilliant performance in Germany in MX2. And he should be on the gate again at Lockett as well, which would be good aiming for another top 10, no doubt. But um, yeah, he was saying Prado is just one of those, you know, once-off riders you get every now and then, you know, such a technical, skillful rider, does things not many other guys can sort of do on a biker. And he was sort of things you can dream of. So, so you know, Fever is battling with him and, you know, holding his own well and truly. And there looks like there was a that little aggressive move, mate, that... Uh, uh, Prado and Fevre, they were sort of trying to assert the dominance. And I know Fevre wouldn't have been too happy about that for sure. And uh, expect more to come in the future. You know, it was early in the morning, uh, Sunday morning. Uh, you are watching the race. Uh, you are there and you say, okay, we will see another race. We'll see if something happened. And you you don't expect to see this. And then something happened. And, and you're like, oh, my God, what is happening there? Because those two guys are creating something that... Uh, give a really a plus value to the old series because 
of course, uh, uh, with missing Jeffrey, missing Maxime, uh, missing a lot of good riders uh, on the grid, uh, it's difficult to have an exciting championship. But those two guys are doing their job uh, for the entire grid by themselves in two. Only two riders, uh, they, are, they can create uh, something that uh, will keep all uh, of us just looking at an XGP with a lot of interest, maybe with po some popcorns and <laughs> see what, what will happen next. Because uh, I still have, uh, I mean, it's not easy to me to consider uh, Fevre like a veteran and Prado as uh, a young kid, uh, like uh, a debutant, you know, because Jorge is so long that he's riding at an incredible level, uh, starting uh, so early and so young. But in fact, the, the difference of age is, is big. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, uh, of course, uh, uh, Fevre was coming to the races a lot later than uh, what Prado did, because in 2014, he was riding in MX2 with some mixed results, uh, some uh, little... Uh, uh, good results uh, with with that Oscarna bike, and then while he came to Yamaha, he was quite a new. I mean, it was a young rider uh, to give uh, uh, an opportunity to him, but uh, not more than this. And he won the title. Plenty of uh, uh, different situation around, but he won the title. Uh, then uh, the career of uh, of uh, Romain was always. Uh, uh, mixed with a lot of uh, dramas, a lot of uh, issues, uh, troubles, problems, big injuries. Uh, we cannot say that uh, that Roman had an easy life uh, in his career. And on the other hand, uh, Jorge started probably younger than almost anybody else, uh, and he succeeded since the beginning. Uh, and he arrived so young in uh, in a mix GP like uh, people like uh, Geyser. But then he had also problems at the beginning of his career with COVID, with injuries, with uh, uh, a lot of a lot of troubles. And now those two riders are fighting for the title, even if with 100 and more points of difference. Of course, it's difficult to say they are fighting for the title, but you know that everything can happen. So they fight for the title. But it's an interesting that uh, uh, the rivality that there is between those two guys, the, the, the kind of... Uh, uh, really, they are in. Uh, it looks like on on the same road, uh, and they are colliding uh, before the crossroads. You know what I mean? Uh, they wanted to go to the same spot, but there is a place only for one, and they just collide. They are side by side, shoulder by shoulder. I know that Orge is really smart, uh, and uh, is a kind of guy that uh, can put you in trouble really easy and let you be angry really easy because you know the way to play the game uh, but it was funny that at the end of the first moto he said ah oh, roman tried to to play the the, the uh, dirty game and uh, but i'm there for this and uh, i was able to you know uh, to don't play this game and to come out while we see that it was really dangerous the move then it's a kind of it's a part of the sport. I don't want to say that it's something that was made to create uh, trouble to the other, but it was a way to impose himself on, on the Roman. And I was surprised because I didn't expect uh, Jorge to be so aggressive, uh, but it was the right way eh, to do it. If you want to fight for the title and 
your main contender is gone another contender is gone and you have just that one at, the, at that moment uh, it's important to put him at his place back at his place and to say i am the king in this moment uh, and he was able to do it and to really show then it was even more funny to see roman uh doing the job in a second moto brilliantly finishing and to be cool because i was expecting like something explosive you know to say ah this kid he uh, was playing really bad no no it was really cool i say i just wanted to show to the kid the way to win the gp and and to me it was fantastic because it was so long that we don't see fight at this level we'd also fight in the i mean in the in the kind of press conference at the end and i was so uh honestly that was really the moment that i i, I was uh, angry with myself that i didn't went there for the race because you have to know that i'm the guy who make also always ask the question at the press conference uh, there are not many that asking questions to the riders during the press conference i ask also always like 10 questions to the riders uh, someone loved me someone hate me but uh, i like because they 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 there they can tell, tell you what they think and i think that was the moment to to ask both you know what do you think about the other or uh, what do you think about the first race and i don't know nothing about this and that's make me crazy but i think that this fight is not over we go on for for the next few rounds because uh, of course Roman knows that he has to put under pressure uh, Jorge if he wants to have uh, if he wants to have some chance to, to to be in a position to fight for the title. So he needs to put pressure on Jorge. It's not easy as Jorge. Uh, it's really can he know how to manage this, and uh, he will try to do the same with Roman to put pressure on Roman and to wait for some uh, some mistake from Roman. But it's nice that nobody is just waiting and they acting. <laughs> see the mistakes coming you know and uh but but this i like this as i liked a lot i have to say the fantastic duel going on at every time they were on track in between silver and fernand that's because yeah. that was good to see and we need this we need this mxgp is good we have some of the best riders in the world probably the best bikes in the world that nobody will uh we can say that is not true because the riders we can okay think it's always difficult to make comparison between america and europe but with the bikes it's so easy we have prototypes we have the best bikes in the world that's for sure and it's uh it, we miss something sometimes you know it's nice to be polite it's nice to be of course uh, always kind uh, with the adversaries and but it's nice to see good proper and clean fight on track and even when it's not so clean uh i mean it's nice and uh, and it's important. It's a big part of the show if we have to talk about the show. So it's uh, it has been interesting and I really hope that we will see without consequences. I don't want to yeah. see riders get injured or crash or whatever, but see this kind of uh, uh, aim uh, to, to, to win and to, to be the best. And I think that uh, Jeremy is not done, of course. He was disappointed to not be on the podium. He was uh, pissed off with himself and with the result. Uh, Jorge was really happy because the weekend went as he he wanted and uh, he was gaining, he was able to still gain uh, 
a uh, few points uh, even without winning the GP it was a kind of situation like Argentina you know he went out away from Argentina without being the winner but with the red plate so that was approximately the same it was better than uh, Sumbawa for him uh, but I was surprised because I was waiting for this I wanted to see if Prado was ready really to fight and to show uh, to the others that uh is the leading guy, you know, and it is. Uh, so that's another step from uh, from him. He did it in the mix too. He did it with Jonas uh, in Turkey. He did it a couple of times. In the mix GP, he was doing a few times, but it's strange to say, but it was like that. He was doing with Tony, for example. He was trying mm. to do with Tony. And last year, they were riding alongside. He was always there trying to put uh, Tony in, uh, in troubles. Uh, and, but with the others, he was always... Mm, kind of really kind and polite uh, now it shows a little bit more that uh, it can be the, the people, the guy who, who makes troubles to the others and uh, it's what you need also to be a champion I think Yeah, it was sort of firm but fair racing is what we want and you know that Fever is not going to back down from a challenge like you were saying last week, <laughs> I remember the Pitbull comment mate, he's just an animal, he loves it he's always up for the battle yeah. isn't he and Attention to see Prado yeah. sort of get drawn into it a little bit obviously, usually renowned for making great decisions showing good judgment, you know, balancing things out, you know, limiting the risk this season, especially. And even Jeffrey, in, I think after Spain, he sort of baited him out a little bit with some comments, but Prado is pretty level-headed, mate. And he's interesting to see how it plays out going forward. And yeah, the Fernandez and Siwa battle was pretty immense, wasn't it? And sort of in every sort of race, every time you look, they were, they were at each other and sort of running each other wide and banging bars. And it was sort of, Fernandez hasn't really, we haven't seen that side of him for a little while, have we, mate? Because he's been, the last couple of years, it's been measured, consistent, calculated, um, yeah. Yeah, just sort of really disciplined and matured pretty impressively, especially this year under the HRC awning by himself without Tim, who we'll get to soon. He'll be coming back at Lockett. But got to talk about Glenn Coldenoff, mate, on that podium. What a brilliant performance by him. You know, he sort of cruised past Fernandez pretty emphatically and you sort of, you maybe think Fernandez would have more speed, but Glenn's age is uh, just a number to him at the moment, mate. That's a third overall podium of the year, third Fox hole shot. Just looked really happy uh, out there, battling with Jeremy. Got obviously for that podium spot in the second one. He held his own really impressively there. Kept him kept nice and smooth. And just a couple of numbers. I wrote an analysis article this week on him and thirtieth career podium for him. And you know, second overall podium in the last three rounds. Eight straight top five, eight top six overall on the bounce, and sixteenth consecutive top ten moto finish. So things have been trending pretty well for Glenn lately. Obviously. Had a, became a father earlier in the year, and that's obviously taken some time to adjust to and switched up the training program a little bit after Erna as well. So things are looking pretty good for Glenn, aren't they, mate? He's still showing his class. Yeah, if I if I uh, to be bad, I would say that he's looking for a new contract with uh, with some uh, some good teams. So he's putting himself uh, under the spotlight uh, because he he really needs. Uh, to to show himself and to to show that he's still able to do great results. His performance was fantastic. He was riding properly. I was expecting this honestly. Also in Sumba, where uh, he did a good race, but uh, not uh, as brilliant as in, as in uh, Lombok. Lombok was perfect. He's uh, as I always said, uh, probably one of the best trained uh, guy in MXGP. So able to uh, do it well. Also with uh, difficult uh, weather conditions, high humidity high temperatures um, and that was a kind of soil I think that he really likes uh, it's nice to see that he was able to to fight with uh, with Jeremy at the same level to fight with many other riders in the first moto I think he was uh, one of the best on the comeback 
during the during the first moto, he did a fantastic comeback uh, and uh, he was riding pretty well. So with a good start in the first moto, it could be really good, uh, even better at the at the end. Uh, he still probably miss a little bit something compared to the first two, but I mean, he's there. Is there and is uh, is doing pretty well. Ruben for me is the surprise of the MXGP, as uh, as we said, uh, Andrea in I mean Liam in uh, in MX two. Even of course, if Lucas Koenen is uh, doing uh, fantastically, but uh, in the, such a big step, uh, I think that Ruben is the one who did this big step in MXGP. And it was uh, really nice to see some kind of crazy battle with uh, with Jeremy going uh, side by side, uh, touching handlebars, touching shoulder in the air on a jump. Uh, that was something that uh, reminds me about the past, about some uh, nice races in the past, and it's really nice to see. Uh, I just wanted that they... Uh, I, I would like that they be able to give us uh, the sound of what they said each other uh, yeah, together yeah. with the race director at the end of the first moto. And I think I, I would be honest with you, Ed. I think that we need this. If you see it, Formula One, if you see um, these kind of contents, I mean, the true words of the riders, the radio comments, uh, the stuff that are saying really open. Uh, it's really important today for the public. 20 years ago wasn't a matter because people wanted to see only the race. Today, they want more inside and to show and to put the audio on and maybe the guy was saying, oh, you're an asshole or whatever. doesn't matter. We have to face the truth and the reality. They are normal people, if even if to me they look a little bit like superheroes, but uh, they are normal people. They get angry, they get pissed off, they get uh, crazy about things. Uh, and to show this, uh, it's it can be a really nice part of the show, a big one, you know? So that's why I don't like when it's too much polite, when everything is covered by this kind of fake, nice uh, cover that shows that everyone loves each other. It's not true. There are not many people that love Roman in the paddock. Mm -hmm. This doesn't affect at all the rider or the level of the riding. Uh, Roman is a champion. He was he was he won a title. He was fighting probably for the best possible title alongside with uh, Geyser and and Erlings. Uh, but the fact that uh, the people don't love him in the paddock, the other riders maybe, most of, not everyone, but most of don't like him or the way he is, uh, people don't like. That's not a problem. doesn't affect his riding. He's a fantastic rider and he will remain, but with his own character. And this kind of, uh, uh, I mean, we have to put everyone on the same level uh, and everyone needs to be politically correct. Uh, I don't know if it pays off a lot. So I don't want fake battles in between the riders or, or fake stuff like we are looking uh, for a match of, you know, of something fake. We have to show the truth. And I think that this can create a kind of uh, uh, more interest uh, on, on, on everything. Jeremy is a, is a great guy. But when you see the images of uh, MotoGP now, a riders come back in the paddock, uh, in the pit lane, and go back in his box, and he's crazy, he's screaming, and he says that the bike is shit and whatever. It doesn't take out nothing from his qualities as a rider. He shows just 
what is happening and we need to show and i think on this uh we are on a good way with with for example the the, the behind the gate because yeah. behind the gate this year make a huge step compared to uh, to the past and i think that we can do even better uh, stimulating the riders and recording being able to record images not politically correct i say again i don't want to see fake fights i don't want to see uh but I want to see the truth, and the truth is really interesting. So yeah. those kind of stuff, I think, uh, uh, if we are able to show to the people what is happening, really, it can be really just uh, just nice. Yeah, those insights in the moment are just, you know, they're so good. And you see, like you were saying, with the F1 series and your countless oh. football documentaries where they're going inside the team, cool. dressing rooms, yes. following through a whole season of action. And, yeah, some of the yeah. nuggets they get. You'd hate to think the stuff that you would see that gets edited out, but some of the stuff they can show, it's incredible. And it just raises the profile of everything for the riders, the sport, everything in general. And like yeah, you're saying, that MXGP series, they're doing a good job with that, which you've featured on, mate. Yeah. Dropping some wise yeah. words in there. So it's, it's coming along in the right direction. And just we need to get as many yeah. eyeballs as possible on it. And yeah, these battles, are they're great storylines emerging for us too. Yeah, and also, you know, while we have press conference, to ask questions. Also, not... I would be not comfortable questions. Uh, I know that if you won, you are happy. The track is nice. The, the bike was good, and uh, you were the best out of uh, the, the thirty guys on track. Uh, it's not interesting. It's something that we know already. But I want to know if uh, you are happy about uh, uh, different stuff. Uh, I want to know if you are pissed off with the rider is sitting uh near next to you you know and if for the fight for the fight of for the title you think that this guy can be a problem for you or you don't consider him uh, at all because uh, uh he's not even able to uh i don't know to 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 ride a bicycle you know so um, again i don't want to see fake fights but while while you follow a formula one grand prix and you hear the, the words of the riders uh and the radio comments uh, and they say what is fucking doing this guy or stuff like that it's okay they put some beep okay uh, but it's what the guy is thinking he's in his car he's uh, uh risking his life at 300 kilometers per hour or more and of course, it's uh, everything is on the top, you know. So adrenaline too, and uh, yeah, I think uh, we we can do something even better. But we are on the good way because what they are doing with twenty with the behind the gates is really really nice. Uh, we just need also with the social media to put out a little bit more. Just looking at what they do with Formula One and uh, MotoGP. Not because we have to imitate them. Mm. They say that they are imitating our qualifying race, and I'm laughing about. But we can uh, look at them and try to understand and to learn what to do a little bit better than uh, than what we are doing at the moment. Yeah, it's fascinating to see all these little insights, and you know these guys have put a life's work into be where they are. So it means so much. Yeah. To them. So it's just to see how they react in certain situations. You know, they don't even know sometimes because you never get placed in some of these moments. So to see <laughs> yes. how how it plays out, it's fascinating. And you know, other series are capitalizing on that, and I'm sure MXGP are keen too, mate. So just sort of back to the racing. How good was uh, Gio again, mate? He just keeps racking off top tens. Yeah, super fast. Great, always great to watch, isn't he? It's good to see him sort of mixing it up with those heavy hitters at the starts too and you know he's looking he's putting himself in the shop window again for 
whatever may come his way next year. And and similar with Philandron, just doing really well, consistent. That's probably the the word for him this year, isn't it, mate? He's always pretty much in that top ten, always battling it with the good yeah. guys. And he, especially in Sambawa, he was especially impressive. And it's good to see a guy like that doing well. And whether that leads to a factory ride or not, he should be fine because under that framework, he's clearly shown that he has the skills. And, you know, down the line with those new teams like your Triumphs and Ducatis coming in, surely he'd be a prime <laughs> candidate for one of those, mate. And, yeah, just give us a couple of words on Ferrato too. Obviously, the, the illness struck him as well. Yeah, of course, for Alberto, it wasn't easy, uh, I think, to uh, find uh, at ease on those kind of tracks uh, with this temperature. It, it took a little bit of a while. Uh, he did good races. Uh, he was able to uh, put together a good uh, final result. Uh, I think he was expecting probably a little bit more uh, compared from uh, w- what he did because he was able to do the same kind of results with uh, Olders on track. So he was just a little bit disappointed probably on himself. Still, he was able to bring back home uh, good results and that was uh, really important for uh, for him and for the team who put a big effort uh, to go there and uh, it was a difficult weekend for them uh, with a mix to rider, but uh, at least uh, with Alberto, everything was going quite good. Uh, it was uh, good to see Guillaume going doing so well, and I think in, in Lockett, he can do again very, very well. Uh, uh, he showed that uh, he's back, I think he's living his best season so far uh, in MXGP for sure, and uh, and he's in a good place, uh, he's in the right place. The team is French speaking as uh, is, even if he's Swiss. Uh, the bike is good. Uh, he found a good setup. He's doing good training with Yves de Maria. And uh, I think everything together is going very well, like he's uh, going, of course, for uh, uh, Calvin Blander. And uh, uh, Paturel could do it a little bit better. Yeah. He did very good starts and he was in a good place uh, uh, for a big, long part of the race. And even Oslin's him... coming on too, isn't he, mate? Showing his skills. Yes. Yes, Oslin also, I think he had the best races of the year. Uh, so it was good. Also, it was a, a good top 10 for Mitch. Uh, also, that he is uh, able to be there. and to Now uh, it's time, I think, to show another little step back in Europe uh, and to, to perform... A, uh, to make another little step because uh, uh, we will see him probably from now on. Uh, remember in Udevala, he was able to win uh, the qualifying races last year. So maybe uh, we are heading to this part of the year and the races uh, that he like uh, will be maybe more difficult in Lommel uh, and uh, in uh, Finland. But for the rest, the the, the championship can uh, can be good for him. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it has been good. I think I have to say that I was surprised about the track because uh, um, I'm always a little bit critical with tracks. And uh, when I heard that the track uh, would be built on a old airport uh, facility, uh, I was like, oh my god, again, once again, <laughs> we will have a kind of nightmare track uh, built it on the parking. You know, I don't like. But I have to say that this time the track was really nice with a really nice flow. Uh, the soil was really difficult to manage. I think those temperatures uh, uh, they were helped a little bit by the water uh, through the night uh, before uh, Saturdays, and this was helping a little bit because it was really dusty in some places. But still, if you see and look at the performance, uh, they were really nice, really good, uh, good images, uh, and uh, it was also really tricky. And when you see a track where you can express yourself well, but it's easy to make mistake, 
uh, mistakes it it gave a, a good uh, mix of uh, of a race because then the, also the good riders can make uh, mistakes as we saw a lot from many riders uh, jumping outside of the track so it's uh, uh but it was nobody get injured or hurt uh, you know so it was i have to say I, I was surprised positively really surprised about the track so that's a, that's a good point uh, for this track and i hope that we will go back uh, for for many years more many years and maybe doing a little more step because the crowd probably in uh, Sumbawa there were not so many Lombok a little bit more but still not so good they were incredibly nice uh, the welcome uh, events at the, the beginning of the races they were really good events uh, what we call the media events were really really nice uh, they showed a lot of uh, uh, really love for 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 our guys going there riding, but the track was fantastic and uh, it's not so easy. Uh, we are used to Argentina, but but that's different. Uh, they they do a fantastic job every year. But while we go those places, we saw in past uh, some tricky stuff. Thailand, Indonesia, I think it's not easy to get everything fixed. But this time was really good. Yeah, mate, and obviously looking ahead to lock it, you're sort of in over a little over a week's time now. It should be fascinating to get Tim Geyser back on the gate. If uh, you know they've said that he's returning, it'll just be cool to see him slotting. You'd expect, you know, immediately inside the top ten. Obviously, given there's quite a lot of guys out this season, and yeah, with Hurlings, we probably won't see him back till Lommel at the absolute earliest. But probably it's looking like it'll be after that. So that's just, that's a yeah. shame that he's still out. But um, yes. yeah, who do you think gets the job done in Lockett, mate? It's going to be interesting. Obviously, Jeremy C will run there. Last year, ahead of Renault and Geyser, and Yago won ahead of Ben Estant and Langenfelder. So, and then the year before that, Prado won ahead of your man, Cairoli and Sewer. And then, obviously, Guadagnini won an MX2 ahead of Renault and Ben Estant. So, it was <laughs> interesting to sort of look back and see all those names. But uh, yes. it's always a pretty sort of established track on the calendar lately. So, cool to go there again. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's really a kind of track that is uh, it's a fantastic track, uh, I'm really honestly curious. I want to to go there uh, and to see if because there are a couple of stones through the track that I go every year to see if they're <laughs> still there in the same place. <laughs> because I'm joking, of course, but uh, it's not really the track. Why? Well, you can do so many changes. They tried in past to move the start, and but then they came back with the old start. Uh, but it's a kind of. Uh, uh, track uh, that never changes and always give uh, uh, terrible starts because uh, the start is really tricky and uh, can create problems. But it gives uh, some good races. In the past, we saw some good races. Uh, Tony was one of the most winning riders out there. Prado was uh, winning uh, there in uh, 2019 with uh, MX2. Then he was uh, again winning in 2021. And of course, he will try to go for the victory again. Uh, we have to put on the, uh, uh, of course, uh, on the list uh, uh, rider like Sewer because Jeremy was always really good. I think that the new Fernandez, uh, if we can call him like the new Fernandez, uh, uh, can do it well as he did in Spain, as he did it on Harpac, and not only. Uh, I think that riders, uh, other riders maybe will not love it so much. Like, for example, maybe Glenn is not a fan of uh, of Lockett, but other riders uh, love too, and Roman will be one of those uh, riders uh, 
uh, it will maybe go for uh, try to go for the third victory in a row. Uh, we have just to remember that he did two victory in a row, and it was since 2016, probably or 15, that he didn't. Probably 16. So yeah, 16. So and and so uh, it, we are on a really curious situation uh, because uh, uh, Orge is dominating, but uh, now he's managing to don't take victories, but still leading and increases uh, championship lead. Uh, I want to see a Seward victory before the end of the season, because it's now uh, since uh, friends uh, that uh, that we don't see him on the top, so I want to see another one at least. Uh, it would be it would be tricky to give uh, uh, the top three uh, this weekend, if even if we can count only on like five top riders that can play for the podium. Uh, team, I'm pretty sure that he will end in between the top five and then top ten because otherwise he will not be back. Uh, yeah. he, he don't have nothing to lose, and I think that he will be really fit and ready to. Races are a bit different uh, than training, and we know we saw it also uh, with uh, in America with Chase Sexton having then the pace for the race and the start that is the key at the moment uh, is really difficult uh, while you are out uh, since a while and it's now out since months so how do you uh, think the guys the fans will love seeing him back mate they'll be there in uh, full force won't they yeah yeah pretty sure maybe not like last year but you know the the guys are fans them around the track even if we saw numbers incredible numbers this year records uh, of attendance uh, and the races what is really good um, we missed the Dutch uh, at the races uh, okay now uh, Jeffrey uh, is injured but uh, if you see what is happening in Formula 1 uh, while uh, Max Verstappen is dominating uh, and he created his travel agency and uh, creating the travel agency to take like 50,000 people at every race, uh, it would be nice to see some some more Dutch fans at every race. Uh, we in Spain and in other rounds, but uh, uh, they probably are waiting for the Dutch and uh, Belgian round uh, this year to show themselves. Yeah, it'll be fascinating, mate. But for obviously that this week, and we've got Southwick in, in the AMA Pro Motocross. Ben and Aussie, mate, the Lawrence brothers, obviously a mixed weekend for them last weekend with Hunter getting injured, obviously won the first moto in fine style. And then Jet doing his thing, mate, to keep up the streak, the unbeaten streak rolling. So pretty impressive, mate. But it should make for some great racing. Obviously, Deegan sort of snapping at the heels now in the championship. And Cooper, Shimoda, Hampshire, Kitchen sort of proving what he's all about. He's got so much skill. It's just putting it all together on the weekends. Yeah been his challenge sure obviously he's gonna to be tough to beat jet but yeah sexton and Fernandes will be looking to challenge him again and plessinger is dealing with a back injury which is sort of impeding him from doing his best but then you got you know the master pools march banks lucercio butron all all having great seasons mate enjoying themselves in that 450 class that's depleted but yeah just your thoughts on southwick mate obviously a place you know pretty well and have some good memories of and yeah it should be a fa- fascinating weekend of action i reckon yeah, because uh, Southwick, uh, I tell you, it was uh, new in Europe, uh, like uh, not 20 years ago, but approximately like uh, one of the few sand tracks in America. So it was like, oh my God, the sand. I remember in 2008, uh, while Mark the River decided to go there, to go racing against the Americans. When we say against the Americans, we have to think about the names that were riding at that time, in 2008, in Southwick, in America. That uh, 
the big name was uh, uh, JS7. Uh, so <laughs> they are talking about, you know, really big names. And this kid, Mark De Rover, went there uh, with his uh, Honda from Europe. He wanted to uh, really uh, knock out everyone in the sand. And he went there. He wasn't able to ride with number 14, as Kevin Windham always uh, was wearing this number. So he had, he had 141. And he was going there alone with his mechanic. Uh, that was Marcus Pereira de Freitas, today's general manager of uh, HRC. Uh, and it was funny because he had a fantastic weekend and everyone was like impressed about, oh, Mark the Rover, who is this guy? Who is How how strong is this guy in the sand? And uh, and it was funny and it was, uh, it was fantastic. It was his best year to me uh, of his career, 2008. Uh, it was really the year of Mark the Rover. It's a shame that... Uh, uh, we weren't able uh, with him and the team to to take him to the final uh, fight for the title as it was uh, a title that of course went to uh, David Philippers but it was one of those years when everything can happen like 2007 with the injury of uh, Josh Coppins uh, but still is I, I didn't came there at that time but still is one of the good memories I had I have from from the past is related to Southwick. Uh, I'm curious to 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 see till uh, when uh, Jet can dominate uh, winning all the motos. Uh, I think he at the moment he has the absolute uh, record of uh, uh, a debutant, of course, but also about the start of the season. I think that nobody started a season with ten motos uh, victory out of ten. Uh, that's uh, uh, unique. I don't know the numbers in America about uh, a record of victories uh, through one season uh, in outdoor or victories of motos uh, in uh, in one year of outdoor. But I think he, he, he can uh, really break all the records, all the numbers, put all the numbers down. Uh, of course, uh, Chase will be there to just uh, try to, to come back to, to, the, to the top of the podium, as also Dylan Ferrandis. But I think that Dylan is not yet uh, the Dylan of uh, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, he's doing well, he's coming back, uh, and he will uh, he can fight for the podium at every race. But still, I feel that he's not, you know, at this top level. And uh, I'm really curious to see what is happening in, uh, of course, um, MX250 because uh, uh, Hunter, what is incredible sometime, uh, the destiny, he was winning the first moto uh, of the season, the first first moto of the season, <laughs> while he won all the second motos. And then he got injured uh, in, in the second one, an injury that can happen to anybody in the start because we saw so many times this year with, uh, with the MX250, a lot of big crashes at the start. Uh, and also other top riders were involved. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Hunter, I don't know how serious is the injury and if he will uh, uh, be able to, to recover uh, quick. But uh, we have a new star that uh, born already at the beginning of the season, uh, this SX, uh, and now confirmed in uh, the outdoor that is really good and is Hayden Deegan. Um, that is really uh, astonishing how he's riding, uh, the way he's doing it. Uh, uh, while, of course, Levi, Levi Kitchen is, is, also, is also doing pretty, pretty well. I want to see Tom Vial doing two good motos, not only the second one or the first one. I want to see him putting together because he could win. He could win the race. He could uh, be on the podium at least. And but it was a little bit like a, a shame that he didn't in Red Bud. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's a kind of track that uh, 
can uh, fit in very well. But uh, Southwick too, it, it can be a, a track while well where he can do well. So I really want to see this kid on the podium, whatever first, second, third doesn't matter, uh, because he deserves because he's doing a proper job uh, to create a future in America because it wasn't an easy season for him but he's still uh, working very hard and it's a kind of kid that will put everything by the side you know like okay that's all good all uh, good experience to use in future yeah it'll be good to see him obviously he's just that start of the day it sort of takes him time to adjust to the track and everything going on and then the second motor he sort of gets that sort of feels more comfortable and can really go to the speed that he's capable of. Yeah. It's an absolute, yeah, he's a weapon. He's such a talented rider, mate. And before we let you go, mate, we'll just have a quick touch on the Junior World Championships happening in Romania this weekend. Obviously, you've got a vested interest in there with four going. And yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how he goes, mate. Little pocket rocket, obviously, just recovering from that little hand issue. So he should be ready to give it a crack. And obviously, the favourites heading, it'll be guys like Resilus, Valley, and Escandel, Dunson. Yeah. And then we were definitely watching out for Jake Cannon, the young Aussie speedster, mate. He's a hard charger, huge talent. So definitely one to keep an eye on for the future, mate. Yeah, so many talented riders attending it this weekend. Who do you think the favourites and who will you be looking out for? I will look it out, uh, of course, to to Razelis, to Matisse Valin, as uh, as the uh, the two kids that are doing the, the show in uh, 125. Of course, I will take uh, a special eye on uh, uh, my little man of four uh, that is uh, not yet at the 100% as he was unable to train uh, so good, uh, but uh, still he was uh, he was able to do a good race uh, in France, uh, the French Championship. He was uh, he was uh, a fourth overall, uh, so just one step from the podium. But uh, yeah, it's it will be interesting uh, to see uh, French, uh, Australia, America. Uh, and some uh, of the East European country can do pretty well uh, as um, the young talents uh, are, are there and are really, really strong. I take also the opportunity to say that today is a really important day for uh, one of the young Italian talents as uh, Valerio Lata has turned uh, turned today 18. So, auguri Valerio that uh, uh, he can now uh, do everything by himself, uh, even drive the car uh, while he has his license. It's an important uh, moment for him uh, that he will be back, of course, with the EMX uh, 250 in uh, in Lommel. Uh, that would be another good uh, uh, place where uh, where the fight can uh, can come back uh, in this fantastic championship. Yeah, it'll be interesting, mate. A good weekend ahead, and obviously, just final word. You know, silly season stuff's all happening, mate. There's there's a lot of rumors going around and. We're just sort of waiting to sort of finalise a few things, aren't we, mate? should be fascinating in the next probably couple of months. We should get some information on what's happening, I think, for the readers and listeners and viewers. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's something that was in the air since a while because uh, uh, I think that uh, Cooper Webb signed his contract already a month and month ago, uh, even maybe one year ago (laughs) uh, with Yamaha. Everyone knew it, uh, but everyone was keeping the secret or, I mean, at least don't talk uh, about this publicly. Uh, We know that he will go to Yamaha. We know that, uh, 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 of course, Chase Sexton will ride in Orange next year. Uh, It will be interesting to see Honda, what uh, they will do, but they have already Jack Lawrence. Uh, Nobody can have a better choice than them. It will be interesting to see if uh, Eli 
will uh, go on or not because many say ah okay Cooper Webb is going there it means that Eli is getting retired but in fact Cooper was expected to go there anyway before the injury of Eli so uh, that's still uh, a question uh, and it will be for a long time I think uh, so it will be interesting to see I think it will be the most uh, uh, interesting uh, silly season uh, since long time as everything looks is changing uh, also the KTM group uh, they are looking for riders maybe a few of the European riders will uh, transfer there um, there will be a lot of changes uh, in I think in pole positions uh, in uh, 250 Yamaha is uh, is the best uh, team with the best program for the future uh, but in uh, in the main class uh, it will be interesting to see where the top riders goes and uh, uh, we know maybe Jason Anderson, of course, is moving also. So uh, plenty of things are going on. It's interesting. Yeah, and then mate. the silly season GP will start. And uh, that's also really interesting because there are plenty of contracts on the tables uh, on the table. So it would be nice. Yeah, hopefully we can share some stuff pretty soon, mate. But it'll be interesting to keep track on and yeah, watch this space for more. But before we let you go, mate, we'll thank Kawasaki Motors UK, who are pleased to announce the arrival of the new KLX 140R range. The easy-to-ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 144cc engine plus suspension, push-button electric start, and it makes for great trailblazers. The KLX 140R machines come in three different sizes, ranging from juniors, first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. The highly regarded KLX 140R range is ready and willing to add fun and enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealer for more information. All right, thanks again, Lorenzo, for joining us. It's been another action-packed episode, mate. Thank you also to the fans listening to this episode of the MX Vice Show. So all the best, mate. We look forward to speaking to you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Ed. Thanks a lot. Uh, it will be interesting to see uh, what Kawasaki, you were talking about Kawasaki, uh, will do with third victory in a row because I'm trying to thinking when it was the time that they were winning two races in a row. We said about Roman. We don't know about uh, Kawasaki. We will discover this next time. So thanks, Ed, to host me this time. Uh, it, will be, it was a pleasure, like always. So let's see next week uh, what uh, we can say about plenty of questions our readers have. Thanks, mate. All the best.